we are here today with another episode of Faith Declassified. Um, and for our today's episode, it will be about tech-enabled spiritual practices. So what does that mean? So how does tech affect our spiritual development and growth? And so what the podcast is about, for those that have just turned in for the first time, the podcast is about me and Hunter just sharing our experiences. Um, we also plan on having guests so uh, and, and them sharing their experiences as well about how we navigate this world um, with our different experiences of being faithful, our identity um, that's here on earth, not just about our identity with Christ, but also our profession, whether it's um, being a corporate worker or being a starting, uh, growing entrepreneur or even a, a, a experienced business person. Um, but within that, that, that range, and what we want to give you is ability to understand, hey, somebody's been through this position with me and that we are... Um, that because you're hearing our voice, it gives you a, a chance to be able to ask yourself the questions that you'll probably receive from the, the podcast and so you can be able to cope with whatever you're going through. But to get into uh, today's episode, um, let's first start off with our praise reports. So Hunter Guy, what is your praise report? Or do you want to start off with the business praise report or do you want to start off with your personal praise report? Let's start with business praise oh, report. Okay. You know, we gotta gotta start off with us. Okay. I think um I think we gotta shout out to for those that don't know, Study Out Loud is yeah. our business. <laughs> and shout we, out Study Loud. And we're still working on our first uh flagship product, which is uh Bible Buddy. Yes. Um just business praise support, I think that as we near the year, I'm reflecting on all the things that the Lord has done in twenty twenty three. Um, the people and partnerships or even just introductions that we've gotten this week alone, I think have been very powerful and impactful. The words of encouragement, the belief. And um, I think that one of the largest praise reports that I could possibly give maybe for this week is just hearing someone repeat back what it is that we're doing. Yeah. It's one thing for us to know what we're doing, but it's another thing for you to explain a whole concept or a whole um, business idea to someone and they repeat it back to you flawlessly and almost better than you did. So that makes me feel good because I know we ain't crazy. True. True. <laughs> and I know that we're headed in the right direction. So I'm extremely grateful for them and just everything that, that we're doing. And that's a good point about introductions is uh, I don't think people understand how important it is for to be an entrepreneur, to have the ability to network. Uh, yeah. And introductions, you might not have the best product, you might not have the best operational skills or planning, um, you might not have a dime to your name. Yeah. Uh, but being connected to the right people or even being introduced and having that conversation of how we can help one another mm -hmm. or being aligned in the same mission is, I think, is very important. Yeah. And I think that is a great, great praise report because the last couple of weeks, who we've been introduced with has been an extreme blessing, one, for guidance and them um, just covering over our lives, mm -hmm. and um, two, to know that there's people with that same vision as yeah. us, and for us to look at the people we admire behind, you know, you know, behind yeah. the scenes, and potentially be, be able to work with them. So yeah. I just think that's 
that's an amazing thing. And even if we don't, just being able to be in the same presence as them, I mean, they're not the Lord, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, true, true, true. But true. I think it's it's a big deal to be in a collaborative environment and just to get the prayers and blessings from those who have gone before you. Yeah. And I think that's the mistake that we make today as entrepreneurs, especially in the Christian space, when you are, are creating something for the kingdom of God and you call yourself doing it alone or calling yourself like building this whole thing in this corner by yourself in a silo yeah, and you don't speak with anybody else about it or you don't um, talk to them just about like the problems that they see today. You're really doing yourself a disservice and also have to question, was it created out of pride or was it created because you actually wanted to solve a need? Um, so I think that that has been a, a huge lesson for me is to not be so stingy with the blessings that you could possibly receive or just with your time um, and being able to share that with with others. Yeah, yeah. I think sharing is just the main key key thing, too. Is, uh, you hear so many people that have not been entre entrepreneurs before say, I don't want to tell somebody my idea. Mm -hmm. Well, who go help you? Right. <laughs> <If> you <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to tell them everything. Yeah, you don't have to tell them everything. Be wise. You, you have to be very strategic in how, you know, what what are some business secrets, you know. Mm -hmm. But you got to also be wise to know that, man, business take a lot of components. It take, especially at a at what scale you plan on doing it at. So in our case, we plan on being a big corporate type of uh, body. Um, but for somebody that wants to be just a consultant or a small business owner, those require very less pieces, uh, very few less pieces. But when you're thinking about, you're envisioning yourself in the next two or three years with potentially 30 to 50 employees, mm -hmm. yeah. you can't, you got to know, you can't do it all by yourself. And there's people out in the world God has blessed with gifts and talents and it's just up to you to go find if the Lord ain't already presented it to you in front of you, but to go find where those people are and work together, work together, um, especially if they have the same vision. Um, but what about some personal praise reports? I thank God for friendship. And the reason I said it so fast is I had time to think about it. <laughs> I felt like I was so thirsty saying it. <laughs> I thank God for friendship. Um, I'm grateful to just be surrounded by people who love me and care about me and pray for me, even when I don't know about it. Um, I've had a lot of that this week or a lot of random phone calls. People didn't really know I was going through stuff. Or they'll be like, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. Just wanted to call, talk to you, pray with you and all the things. And it just allowed me space to grieve. I think especially at the end of the year, where you're reflecting on all the things that you expected to happen yeah. in the year. Yeah. Um, I've been talking a lot about that grieving process and just allowing myself room to like cry or be okay or laugh about it or whatever and just release my expectations. So I've been, been kind of going through that a little bit. But I, I'm grateful for community. Um, I think that kind of leads into our topic, too. But go ahead and um, tell me about your praise reports. So uh, I haven't been feeling well for the uh, beginning of the week. And no, it's not, not COVID. I don't even know if we should say that. <laughs> you know, you get shadow banned for stuff like this. So you might have to edit this out. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's not. 
the thing that kept us out of kept us all out of work for a year or so. Um, got tested on that one, um, but I think it was just like a, just the change of the weather, maybe cold, flu, whatever. Um, but I feel much better. I mean, the reason why it's a praise report for me is because man, I think we take for granted how how things can slip away or get a, or. Uh, get further away from you. So in the case of, you know, somebody with the just common cold, never know. It might turn into pneumonia. Yeah. And then it can go into a slippery slope or just your recovery time might not be as, as quick, you know. One person might take a take on, on on a cold for maybe about two weeks. I'm just fortunate enough it only took me about two days and I feel good. So um I've just I've just thinking about that and how grateful I am with that. But I wanted to say this one thing about your praise report is I thought it was it's one of the best feelings in the world when you know somebody is randomly thinking about you and probably prayed over you mm-hmm. uh, when you're going through a hard time. Yeah. Man, because my mom did that to me a couple of times. I oh. said, oh, <laughs> what type of intuition is this? <laughs> like, man. The Holy Spirit. Man, it was, it was, it's a beautiful thing uh, when somebody has been thinking about you and uh, don't know what you've been going through. And I tell people all the time, uh, people look at somebody's actions and and just assume something. I said, man, you don't know what a person is going through at all, at all. So I always ask for people with me particularly, give me grace, bro. Like uh, my actions not always the best or, or might not seem as the best, but you also probably don't know the t- hours or anything else behind the scenes, so, which I also probably don't talk about a lot. That's my freedom to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I just wanted to say, man, that is a great feeling when yeah. somebody randomly was like, "Man, I prayed over you." Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, mm-hmm. God, God has put favor all over me." Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw me go to the altar on Sunday. I was definitely up there crying. <laughs> I ain't seen you. <laughs> when they had called us to the front, I was like. Move out the way I gotta go. <laughs> no one I should have been up there too. I was man. up there bawling my eyes out. I definitely gotta lay it all out for me. Um but what I was the next thing I was gonna say is um Yeah, that was a good sermon too. Yeah, it was. I can't remember what it was about, but it was a good sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say Okay, that. let's move on. Okay. Next next thing is about the main topic, uh tech enabled spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. So I think we have known through our own personal experiences that people are more likely, not more likely, yeah, people are more likely than ever to uh, find church online. Uh they're getting their guidance and development through tech. So whether that's mm-hmm. podcasts or sermons on YouTube or whatever the streaming uh, services are. Um, yep. What is your thoughts about that? I think it's a, any tool or resource that's enabling us to grow our relationships with Christ, I encourage it as long as it's done with the good intentions. Granted, God will get the glory regardless, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of that. But I think that we need more of it. Every Everything isn't for everybody. Some things help different people. I think when someone has the intention to create something like a digital tool to help spiritual practices, they have a specific target target audience in mind. And so as long as they're accomplishing the goal, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, well, 
what are your thoughts about more people listening to the podcast and listening to the sermons? And the first thing you ask is, you know, have you been when the last time you've been to church or are you going to church? And they say, I don't need church. I listen to it online. That's all I need. What's your I mean, I would definitely pray for that person to be healed or whatever it is that they feel like they don't need community for. That's God did point. not design us to be alone. He said that it's not good for man to be alone when he created Adam. And I think that wasn't just in the aspect of needing a helper, help me. I think that the idea of community, because everybody in this life is probably not going to get married, but I think the idea of community and having a relationship, especially within the church setting, is key and pivotal. Like I was talking about um, in my praise report, how people are just reaching out to me today. How would I have met those people? I mean, none of those people online. Yeah. <laughs> or being like, I can't, you know, I, I can't do this by myself. I probably couldn't have got through the week by myself without community and reaching people and seeing people physically. And I think a lot of that does stem from church environments, or should. Um, I, I believe that having specifically even believer friends to pray for you and pray over you. I have a lot of people that I know. I've had a lot of people who I was friends with. Uh, most of my friends now are more than likely believers. Yeah. If you wasn't a believer, you're probably going to be a believer by the time we deep into our friendship mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some, at some level, just because I'm, I'm not afraid to share my faith. And a lot of the people who I was previously friends with, who I'm probably no longer friends with now, are ironically not believers. But I couldn't imagine, not saying that the Lord can't use them, those type of people, I believe that I couldn't imagine them have called me this week and gave me exactly what I needed, which was like prayer or the Lord put you on my heart and this is what he said to me or whatever. I think that we start to kind of get in isolation sometimes and feel like, well, I don't really need people because yeah. we're such a a hyper-focused, achievement-driven society of if you cannot benefit me, I don't need you in my life. That is, I've seen that. It's and so we many treat times. church the same, like in a lot of those areas. So I think that if we go somewhere, we're like, how is this not benefiting me instead of how can I serve the church or how can I serve in these areas or how can I serve other people I come in contact with? When we have such a me focused mentality. It's easy for me to conceptualize someone being like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to go in person. Because a lot of that is also stemmed from church hurt. I've had it. I took a period where I wasn't in church for like two years yeah, after some stuff had went down. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't even like a this person hurt me and I left church. It was just I realized all of the stored trauma in my body once I finally was walking away from that situation, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to church again. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not condemning like people who aren't. That's why I said like I would say – how can we pray for that person to let go of whatever it is? Because I don't think that that is godly. And I think that's a good point. I think uh, much of the point of, of what you're making is that, see, people should be saying tech as a tool. So I think people are leaning heavily on those online experiences as a crutch mm-hmm. and not seeing it for what it is. Uh, for what it is is a way of, all right, if you wasn't able to make it to church, for whatever the reason may be, then online is an option. Or for those that might have a different affinity for another church across the you know other side of the state, cool, but you still should probably be within a local church for that community aspect. 
because I understand me personally, uh, environment plays a huge role of of why a person might want to do things online. So when mm-hmm. I was in a San Antonio, I was just fortunate enough to have a good church, uh, a church that I was I felt comfortable with in San Antonio. But I can imagine that there's spaces like if I was in the middle of Texas, uh, me being a black man, I probably have no other black churches. I'm probably going to listen to church online Mm -hmm. from a black man just because it's more relatable. I understand the message is because I feel like Holy Spirit is speaking through him and then that he's speaking specifically to me. Yeah. But I understand, too, that I need to find myself in a community. I need to understand the people that's in my, my city. I need to understand how people work, operate, and I just also want to be a helping hand. Yeah. God probably has placed me in this space for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And so I'm using, I'm thinking about technology in my spiritual development as a tool, not mm-hmm. as something to kind of heavily lean on. Yeah. How um, do you use it? Like, what it? I guess some. what are some things that you oh, have done this week? Even? Oh, Oh, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> um, me, I'm a YouTube guy. Mm-hmm. I will sit up there. I mean, as of right now, I'm 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 leaning heavy on a lot of uh, business uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I I can't afford the resources of certain <laughs> consultants and being around certain people. So I hear it from yeah uh, YouTube of those successful people. Um, but again, that's a tool. But when it comes to my spiritual development, I probably would listen to about five to six hours worth of sermons straight. Because mm. I'm just like, I might have not heard enough mm-hmm. from from the pastor that last Sunday. Or I might have not have enough time, physical time, to yeah. be in the church um, throughout the week. So I'm like, I still need to reinforce like the things that I'm going through in life through the, through the word. Mm-hmm. And now that's not to say that's to replace the Bible because I know that's easier to kind of yeah. listen to it on the go. But that gives me, that builds up like my, my spiritual resilience against my flesh. You know, uh, if I can be able to hear a sermon in the car on an hour commute uh, about something like... Those best times. You know, <laughs> something about forgiveness... I think of that as that was a helpful tool in that in that moment because mm-hmm. I w- I'm probably not able to read my Bible as I'm on my commute, yeah. you know, like turning the pages. I'm not in traffic. I'm going a hundred, well, not a hundred seventy. Okay, snitching on yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad they don't have my license plate, but uh, <laughs> I'm probably going about sixty five. <laughs> Anybody going sixty five? Nowhere. Probably Expressway going, on the expressway. I'm probably going 65 on uh, on the on the freeway, and there's no way I'm I'm flipping and turning through pages. So that's how I see it as a, as a tool. But because I eventually plan on going back to my Bible, yeah. Um, but I still need to know and keep on reinforcing myself with that. It's almost like uh, I'll use a workout term like. Y- y- your reps, you're getting your reps in mm-hmm. by hearing it over and over and over, and it starts to become more a part of you. And it's almost like what people say: uh, you become what you listen to, you become what you eat, you become all of these type of things. It's about your consumption. And so, if my consumption is more about business and operations, if it's about uh, the word, uh, I will hope that that's who I'm more 
becoming like. Um, not, uh, you see a lot of people on these Netflix uh, binges, and this be about uh, narcos. I know that's everybody. <laughs> you know, I've never watched it. I, I watched narcos. I've never watched it either. But uh, <laughs> I tell people, I like, what do you, what do you expect after a mm-hmm. while when you listen to or watch a hundred hours in that month of drug deals? Mm. Are you planning on becoming a? <laughs> That's a really good uh, investigator. <laughs> like, what is if you still work yeah. behind the desk and as an accountant? Are you starting to bust <laughs> drug dealers? Because yeah. what is the point? Are you saying that? we shouldn't watch other things for entertainment? Like, we should only watch. That's a good point. What other I, things? I guess what I'm better trying to say is, be more aware. Mm-hmm. Of what you're consuming, because that can be a part of you. Mm. Uh, so, in the case of Netflix, I think you brought this up uh, one time that Netflix in October, oh my god, will give you a thousand different horror movies. One million and one. Netflix in December give you ten Christmas <laughs> movies. Now, I don't know what the operations is behind the scene as far as the licenses might just cost that much more. It might. The demand for Christian content, what I don't even necessarily, that's more commercial when you think about it, but the demand for that type of content might not be, you know, might not be high. But what I'm saying is, you keep on listening to things that is uh, like junk food for the soul, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be, go be unhealthy yeah. in, in many ways. And I'm, me, myself, I'm, I'm trying to keep away from rap. Mm. I'm trying to keep away from rap. You've been trying to put me on Christian rap. I've been trying. Kenny is a budget. is so slim. I think I probably got <laughs> one Christian rap song. It's okay. We out just of my need own one. Entire library. But that gets back into technology. Uh, yeah. Streaming. I, I consider that as part of part of this conversation too. So Netflix mm-hmm. is a is a prime example of somebody might be that might be an opportunity for somebody to kind of enhance their spiritual development through something a, a streaming platform like that through like yeah. Netflix it might be YouTube could be Netflix could be Hulu or whatever but um, those are just kind of my thoughts of it I see it as a tool um, but what else do you have on the topic um, well I was actually looking at some stats about the way people are utilizing some technology and I saw some that were pretty interesting Um, Regarding online church service viewership, according to the Web Tribunal, Mm -hmm. um, 44% of people prefer to engage in prayer at home. During the pandemic, 45% of Americans watched at least one Christian church online service. That's wonderful. And then 53% of practicing Christians streamed their church services online. Um. And 96% of pastors live stream their services during the pandemic. So I think that was, it's pretty interesting to hear those numbers based on the first question you were asking me about, like, what if someone says I'm good for it at home? During the pandemic, yeah, we had absolutely no choice for a short amount of time. But you know what's crazy? Some of y'all did not stay inside. Y'all weren't, y'all weren't following the governmental rules. I saw y'all at the grocery store without masks. <laughs> No, y'all would not do any of the things. <laughs> so, I, you know, we we're a society that likes to pick and choose where we go. It's like, no, we can't go to church, but 
we gonna go everywhere else. We're still going to the club. Yeah. We're still going to these these tourist attractions. Yeah. Um, without our masks on. Okay. Coffins standing on your on your back. You, you might have seen me. You might have seen me. <laughs> so God forgive. <laughs> but what I was gonna say. I think we just you know we we're a society that likes to to choose. But I I think those are are really interesting numbers. Um, because I think that. Even though the pandemic's over, people still utilize those tools, those tools and resources. And I've even heard testimonies of people who have said, "I began going to this church because I looked at their online services during the pandemic, or I first vetted a church out and watched the sermons to see how the preaching style was and to see oh, kind of like point. the engagement." And I did that too, like when I was looking um, in Chicago, I went, I watched a couple of services, then I tried an in-person service, which is a pretty solid thing if you don't want to go in person but letting that be your end all be all i don't think is the the thing that will sustain us long term i think it's a good point for churches to take note of how to have a growing congregation um because like you said to that point that there's people that's going to just look at your online platform before even walking into the door so how Mm -hmm. you present yourself online is a good way to show or advertise, not to say that you should be advertised for anybody, but th- it's a good representation of who you are and who you represent and how you represent yourself. And yeah. so to be, that's very important too. So I think it's more important now than ever for people in the church to kind of beef up their media team mm-hmm. because people are so now visual. Yeah. And I think that just speaks on one, our, our attention span, mm-hmm. um, how to grab our attention because of so many things. But yeah. I definitely think that's a good call for churches to to think about beefing up their uh, the media team. I saw a stat that said about 17 million Americans look at church websites um, online. Uh-huh. And you said 17 million? About 17 million. Okay, look at church websites. Yeah, visit church websites. So I think, like, even to your point, like, the way that we present ourselves online, and I think the culprit of all of this and the way that we view in-person interactions and just corporate interactions has to do with social media, too, Mm -hmm. because it changed forever the way that we interact and think about one another. another (laughs) point of tech-enabled spiritual practices. Yeah. You know what? This one thing I didn't think about before this podcast. Social media. Mm-hmm. That thing is a that's a big that's a big moment of tech mm-hmm. of being able to grab people's attentions in that way, and now people I would say a lot of non non practicing Christians or non Christians get a lot of their uh let me say scriptures or religious what word material material. Yeah. They get the, a lot of their religious material through social media. That's pretty interesting. Those little short little bits of, you hear a post that says, John 15, 26, you know, whatever, and they don't give no context to it. No. And I think that's a good point of why we shouldn't lean so heavy on technology and just get yeah. straight back to the book or find tools that helps us be a little bit more productive around reading the yeah. reading the Bible. I don't think it would be as big as much of a bad thing. I don't even know if it's a bad thing now because I think the exposure to the word is a great thing as long as you go back and study what that word actually said. Oh, that's I good think point. the problem 
is a lot of people aren't studying the Bible. <laughs> like we've seen stats that say only like 26% read the Bible annually um, or regularly. I think if more people actually took time to understand the word for themselves, going on social media is the problem because what's in you is just going to come out anyway. So someone going on there and saying something about scripture or a tidbit about the Lord, it should be biblically sound if you actually read your Bible. Yeah. I looked at a, a clip the other day, a very large comedic influencer who identifies as Christian was speaking about the Bible. And I always take note, like, when influencers do it. One, I just love people talking about the I word of God it. or whatever. I love it. And so I took the time to watch this clip, and he was very off. I can't even remember exactly what was, was said. Was it joke? No, it wasn't even comedy. He was being serious in the oh. moment. He just so happened to be a comedian. Oh, but he was being, <laughs> Sorry, I should clarify. But he just so happened to be a comedian. But he was being very serious in the moment about what he was viewing the Bible as. And he said something along the lines of the Bible being a, a great book of advice. And I was like, what is going on? And then he started, like, he was just kind of, yeah. It, it went downhill from there. And it, it just, it made me realize, and so many people were under yeah. the comments like, oh, hey, man, that's good. I love that. More of this, more of this conversation. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we yeah. all need a foundations course. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, on in, yeah. in new Christianity, and I, and it's nothing wrong with with needing to learn to educate. We're gonna be learning this until the to end, to the end, in, of, until our the end of our lives. We should yeah. be. We should never feel like we know the entire Bible. And the more that you read it, the more that you have a better understanding of what it actually says. I don't think that we should be prideful when we don't know if we don't have certain knowledge on certain topics. Um, I'm, I'm sure he only said it how he knew to say it or whatever he was trying to say. I was like, yeah, that's not good. Because when you start saying the Bible is a big book of advice, I ain't got to take advice. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to accept certain things when you start framing certain words and languages about certain things. So I, I think that um, you just need to be very careful who we um, consume from. Churches included, because, I mean, every church isn't 100% theologically sound. But, again, you need to read your word for yourself yep. to know um, and try the spirit by the spirit. So I know earlier you had asked me the question on what are some of the tools that I use for uh, uh, what tech tools that I use for my kind of spiritual growth or development. Like I said, YouTube is kind of a big thing for me. Um, I use the Bible app, and then I kind of pair it with the Logos uh, Bible app. Uh, what else um and as far as i don't really listen to podcasts but i wanted to know what are all the tools that you use uh as far as tech tools that you use to kind of give yourself uh help help you on your spiritual development and grow um like non-christian or christian i mean whatever because youtube for me is not a not oh, oh i guess that's yeah. that's technically true um i would say i used to i used to be a definite like youtube sermon person um it's not that i don't watch them anymore i just haven't recently because i used to do my commutes but i work remotely so i don't yeah, really sure. always turn on youtube but um one thing that i have been doing is looking up different resources like i guess google, google is <laughs> um i use logos um for obvious reasons um because they have a large library and I have my student account. I don't yeah. have to pay for it. <laughs> True. 
to pay for it, so I use it as a resource. Um, I'm really into reading different perspectives about what people have to say about the Bible in the Bible itself. I, I mean, as surprising as this may be, I do read the Bible online on like my phone, like in public settings, public spaces, and yeah, in I church. Too, yeah, but sure. I'm a physical Bible person, yeah. like through and through. I like touching the pages. I like looking at the pages and stuff. And I also love books. So I have like a bookshelf of books that help me read and study the Bible. If it was a digital way where I can take it and just go somewhere else with it and have it with me all times, I would, you know, I'd love to do that. That's the convenience of it. Yeah. yeah. I love the convenience of it. But as far as like tools, probably just Spotify, like helping me get into the the groove, the mood, turn on some any, music. Any type of, oh, just m- music. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about music being used to kind of help you with that. I usually how, lead my time with, with worship. And what does that do for you? How that how does that help? The, it helps me kind of like to center myself. I used to do this thing where I would wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit, and oh, I would have a song it. in my heart every time. <laughs> I don't do it as much anymore. I know it sounds kind of crazy. I love it. But I literally would be like, good morning, Holy Spirit, and then it would be like a, just a song that popped in my head. So I was like, oh, I should just worship when I wake up. So I just turn the song on. Mm-hmm. And, like, before I start my actual worship, I usually hear a worship song. So I'll be like, all right, Lord, help me to be focused. And I hear it, so I just play it. Hmm. And that helps me to kind of think about, like, the lyrics or think about um, the environment or or changing my environment or shifting my mentality and then diving into the Word. It just helps me to transition because I think... I think that's the key is like setting the environment for that. And so that's why I use the technology for it's the, the music. Would part. you, would you be interested in, cause you know, the new trend now these days, mm-hmm. everybody talks about it. Chat GBT. Would you be interested in using chat GBT for, uh, kind of like your, your Bible studies or kind of getting your, your spiritual food? No. <laughs> She said that a little too fast. Hold up, hold up. She must not know who ChatGPT is. I use it for everything else. I have a subscription. I use it for everything else, but I wouldn't do it for that. You know, you gotta, you gotta dive in. You know, you gotta dive in. I'm trying not to be, you know, do what you gotta about it. I just, I think that. I've I've tested it out, and the reason that's why I say no. It was not like I'm I'm being biased. I've tested it out for that to see if I would use it, um, to give it an opportunity. I've asked it for things like Bible plans or what's the meaning of this overall scripture? Who is this person in the Bible? I just I just wasn't I wasn't feeling it. It was a good concept, and I think I've seen you know more people develop things like that. I think it's a overall, it's a decent concept. But ask me what I what I read or what I looked up. Yeah. <laughs> I you know don't what? know. To that to that point, I haven't. I don't think I have used ChatGPT at all uh, for like my spiritual like development. Mm-hmm. But you made the point of I've never even guessed or even imagined to use it for like a Bible plan or a Bible study or whatever. Um, but thinking about that. I think it's about how how a person probably use it. Now, if they're like leaning on it to kind of get answers, I'll probably me personally, I would probably stay away from it. But when it comes to helping me structure ways to help me better study or point me in the right direction of like, for, I can imagine me ten years, seven years ago when I first became Christian, if ChatGPT was around, what would be my kind of first questions to ask it? 
if I had the the thought to ask it anything religious, I probably would ask like, what should I do next? Like, mm. uh, but I feel like that's a good point because ChatGPT ain't usually too far off on too many things. But I can imagine it saying, and I don't know, I can imagine it saying like, you should probably go to church or you should probably read this book. Like, this is mm-hmm. the most famous book out there, which is probably like a Charles Stanley book or yeah. Or uh, what's my man's name? Tony Evans. Tony Evans. Uh, yeah. Dr. Tony Evans. Dr. Tony Evans. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I know how people are about their title. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I guess what I wanted to kind of bring up is all the different tools that are out there as mm-hmm. far as tech and different resources out there uh, as far as being online and how it all could be used. And does it have any benefits? Yeah. Uh, are any cons to it? Or at least from our personal experience, so what are what are what are those cons? Is there anything yeah. else that you can kind of think of? I've seen like when I fed it some prompts and things to give me or if I asked it a, like a theological question or whatever, mm-hmm. I've seen it be extremely general where it was almost kind of like a I don't want to hurt any other religion's feelings, but this is what Christians say, or this is kind of the oh, you know that's why I wouldn't ask it for answer. yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of like a... It's not an advocate for us. Yeah. And I know some people will, like, tailor it to make sure that the voice and tone and, and mindset of that specific GPT is Christian or theologically sound. Um, and I think that can be kind of trodden the line in some instances to think, like, I can just replace it with the Holy Spirit. You have to... You know, yeah. contrary to pos- uh, popular belief, the Holy Spirit answers the questions, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. that you that you ask. <laughs> you <said> popular <laughs> The Holy Spirit is a teacher, you know, he's a helper and he reveals God's secrets. He holds the secrets of God, like in a a lot of the things that we want to know. Doesn't mean it's your business, not all the time. But I think that the more that we really engage with who God is and his word, the more you will be able to identify his voice. And so I think only technology can help you with getting there, Mm -hmm. but it should never at any point be a replacement for your actual relationship with God. You get to heaven, God is like, well, actually, how many apps you had on your phone? <laughs> you know, or how many YouTube sermons you looked at or whatever. He's going to, you know, really ask if you had a relationship with him. You know, it, it's not going to be dependent upon that. Use it to help you get there, but not completely replace. Good point. Uh, last last thing I want to talk about uh, from this subject is we talked about how uh, from the audience standpoint of how they have consumed uh, a lot of these digital tools, online resources to kind of help them develop that spiritual growth. But letting, ha- making the point of don't let that steer you away from having that relationship with God himself. Um, let that be the tool to help you enhance that experience. Um, but what I want to say is what would you say to the church on how they can enhance how they can use technology to enhance their the things the activities that they got going on in church um or just enhance the church experience i think that one learning educating ourselves more about technology i don't think it's enough for that we're educating like church leaders of the different technologies available to them i've seen more um 
adopt black church apps or white label church apps through like push pay or sub splash or something like that um to enable the notification or communication touch points that's one way i've also um seen people have like after service things online with like recording reactions of members or recording like a whole mini like I've never seen thing that one. yeah it's been i've seen it with a few like larger churches um, who are starting to adopt that after service thoughts or on, even online pastors. I know um, Salem Baptist Church has an online pastor. Um, yeah, and they kind of, those who like the YouTube stuff, they'll create like videos throughout the week or little devotionals or mini whatever. Did not know that. And we'll put it online. I think that's great um, to acknowledge that some people just, are, I guess, aren't comfortable with coming into church at this point in their lives or whatever. So I think just meeting people where they are with that um, level of technology will be very key to the future and growth of it as far as well as the learning about these different technologies and applications instead of automatically condemning them. Cause I think sometimes when we don't understand what the thing is, we're more likely to be afraid of it and just kind of be like dismissive towards it. So just being open and flexible, but also still standing true to our ethics in the way that we yeah. we use technology because it, it could get out of hand. Okay, so this brings us into our next segment. We're right on time, man. See, I knew it. I know we just needed some practice. <laughs> <laughs> We're right on time with our next segment of kind of trending news. And so we know the hot topic, hot button issues of tech right now is all around AI. Mm-hmm. And for those that are just just uh, so enamored by AI, yeah. AI is is is, is nice. It's yeah. nice. Um, to be more specific, what we're going to do is talk about the the generative AI. So the AI that decides to bring all of these components together and create something new from scratch. Yeah. Um, so our topic is uh, we have an article in particular that kind of caught our attention so how gen uh gen i gen ai can turn an autobiography into an interactive black history lesson see that's the stuff i like to see man is how people are using tech using these technologies in a a way that's innovative that ain't always got to be about um making the most money or Mm -hmm. some get rich scheme i've seen some stuff now they call it uh Digital e-commerce. It's always some new business. I've seen that where like you don't have to touch nothing. It'll regenerate the product and then it'll get you the sales and then post the product description. I was like, how does that work? I mean, I'm intrigued, but I just I don't know nothing about it. I feel like all that stuff is good, but to know that people are using AI in ways that are kind of uplifting narratives or enhancing experiences that's in a way of it's more personal. Yeah. And so for this particular guy's story, and I, I just read a little bit, it says, uh, this guy named J- James Laurie, uh, he says, might not be a household name, but his history is a part of black experience in America. Is Laurie grew up in Chicago. So shout out to all the Chicago people. Y'all be having <laughs> a lot of interesting people just come it's up. There's a lot of history in Chicago. Man, it's so crazy. It just, it'd be unexpected to it. Cause it's like, I guess because the city's so big and y'all been around for so long, like people just do stuff under the radar. Then they get famous, and then it's like, oh, they was in Chicago. I'm like, a lot of great things come out. Of but Chicago. I feel like they don't rap it enough. I don't know. You know, with Detroit, we gonna rap it to the day of us. But, <laughs> but uh, 
So Lori grew up in Chicago, spent time in the Peace Corps in the early 1960s, was a, the first black person hired as a McKenzie consultant in 1968. So the man has had a lot of business experience in his lifetime. But what, what makes him kind of the star of today is he has thought of how to use AI to help build better autobiography experiences. It's from what I'm seeing, right? Yes. So he's talking about how he's wanted to use more of those uh, black tones throughout the blog post, and he wanted to be able to use the AI. It's built on his experience, built on his experience of his book, I believe, of all his black experiences being treated in the corporate um, atmospheres, but using that as a helpful tool to be used for people to ask that AI questions on DEI, and so changing the narrative on how people see or how people in a, in a, interact with um, black people in general. Mm-hmm. And so so it's interesting that, that somebody used that to say, hey, look, man, I'm tired of y'all coming to me as a consultant, always asking me about my my black experiences and stuff like that. How about I give you the chance to talk to me in different atmospheres or different ways? So how about I use this bot I train that's basically all of me, kind of downloaded all of himself into to the bot uh, of, his, of his experiences in corporate. And he said, you ask this, and this helps uh, people uh, forward their business with that. What is your thoughts on that? I'm a little leery of this because, well, I, I think it was good intentions yeah. for him. The part that kind of gave me pause was at the end when they were saying that this is a possibility for a vehicle to interact with other historical figures. I think that we've been kind of pushing the bounds on the way that we interact with um, certain people like Tupac holograms and True. all of that. I'm just kind of like, let the dead... Uh, Lay. Yeah. And they say <laughs> what know, they said. Some, they, they say what they said. And I think that once we, we start to do that, it kind of gets in the weeds of like people's estate. Like how who who benefits from, from this? I just think I personally I've been thinking about uh, uh, keeping up with a lot of like the, the Diddy news and all of the music oh, stuff going on. True, true, true. And I, I think about how people already get done wrong or screwed over um, when it comes to their royalties and stuff like that. And I, I've been seeing this kind of be pushed in other, other ways where people are selling their likeness now to create like these VR versions of themselves or for themselves to be in video games or animated media. And I think this is essentially speaking to that and pushing into that direction, but just for a different application, which is clever. It's really cool. But also what is that do for those coming behind you like you you are this one person this one consultant with this one experience in this situation to help yeah. in your area um what does that mean for future black folks coming from behind you who needs to be paid for the expertise are they like oh i could just create a black that, ai model now to interact with black people i don't need to talk to you and i think that's the reason why i thought it was so interesting is I thought it was kind of pioneering the way of saying, hey, let me go ahead and try to build out and help people understand, accelerate the experience of the black experience as fast as possible. But that's a good point. There are people that are professionals that saying, hey, look, 
my real world end time experience right now can help definitely help out with the DI DEI experience. I don't think I might have said DYI or something earlier, but diversity includes what is it? That's crazy. Equity inclusion. Because they firing all the DEI officers. Yeah. So why you need a AI model yeah, <laughs> for that's, it? That's a good point. But what I what I hope that people gain from this is to know that you can blend these your experiences with AI. It don't have to always be in the lens of just go ahead and do what somebody else says or just always have to be about yeah. uh, corporate uh, work or anything like that. I think what his attentions was is I want to put my experiences. It's almost like an autobiography of him mm-hmm. in this in this uh, in this bot of like. This is my life, and this is how I can be able to help you and extend. So he almost did like a digital autobiography. He did a digital autobiography, and, that's and so it can be used in a, in a corporate space, yeah. which I think is. I think it's the corporate it's in, that's working me the wrong way. Yeah, the, the corporate application. I think is where I'm like. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's innovative. But I think that goes into the point of thinking beyond just uh, how do I get rich quickly. Uh, I think this man wanted to just tell his story, and I think he wanted to help out, um, help out people that was in his field, but not overextend himself. I think he, what he's saying is he had a, a lot of ver- valuable experiences to give to the world, mm-hmm. and he wanted to show it being applicable, other than just yeah. read, read my, you know, read my three hundred page book. But instead, just ask this bot a question, and it will answer you in a way that I most likely would have answered. I think that was pretty innovative. But what I wanted to say, too, is um, uh, what I wanted to say, too, is that goes to the point of business, mm-hmm. how business usually, good businesses usually get started by solving a problem. And I think there's clearly a problem in corporate spaces where people are not even trying to understand the minority experience within the workforce. Yeah. And so for a corporation who probably hasn't had a lot of focus on, uh, a lot of focus on... um, Diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion. What they would do is say, this is a very cost-efficient way. Of course. They don't want to interact with black people. This is a very (laughs) cost-efficient way for me. And let me talk to this this AI chat or whatever... It's good for the man James Laurie. I think that was beautifully yeah. done. But how it would be used, like you said, it was used with good intentions, but how it would be used out in the future, people have to think about. And people have to understand how important it is now, more than more important than ever, AI ethics. Yeah. And diving into what does this look like for the long run. And people have to know AI is a tool for better productivity. And so in this case, will you still include or bring in minority members in that diversity, uh, equity, inclusion department to use this tool? Probably not. Probably not, because you're trying to replace somebody. I don't think he is, but I know some corporate uh, environments probably will. I think yeah. it's kind of bold, but it goes back into good businesses start with a problem, and this is a big problem in those corporate spaces, which we won't have a problem with. We won't. Absolutely. We won't. We saying we got black experiences. Yeah. And, and we would like to have as many diverse experiences. And that goes into 
last point about this topic is uh, many people talk about diversity. And I think this is a good point to to kind of reinforce mm-hmm. is when people think about diversity, they're probably thinking about a rainbow of colors, of, of skin tones, nationalities, and all of these things. I think what people have to realize, diversity in the work atmosphere is more about those background and experiences, which just so happen be because of those skin tones and those natural naturalities, ethnicities, and all of that. But the thing to think about is the diversity of how a person can solve a problem. Yeah. Now, if two people are white, cool, and they but they could still have completely different backgrounds because of their uh, income status, how they have grown up. They might have grown up in a different country. That is still considered diversity. I think we are so also f- very focused on the skin color because now we have, we said, hey, we sprinkled in a lot of the same skin color or different skin color, but you probably come back to realize, like, no, all of them have the same econ- uh, social economic background. Mm-hmm. All of them came from the same country. All of them speak the same language. Technically, that might not be as much diversity as having that breadth of people with different knowing different languages yeah different uh, uh economic uh backgrounds and, and those type of things so that's kind of my last point is there any uh last points that you want to have for the the this tech what you is know? your uh what would you say your declaration of faith is for this week what you mean like something you are Believe in God for oh. for this week in faith. Oh. It's called Faith Declassified. We got to put in some faith statements. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, my faith uh, declaration is that that God will support me in the things that I have to get done as far as work. <laughs> Amen uh, to that. Um, as far as the things that I know that give me makes me feel healthier and will get my body healthier. Uh, I pray that God just give me that strength to do that. And I pray that God will put me in a a, a space of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like when you 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 kind of recap the whole year, you're like, man, we've been hitting the ground running on so many different things. Yeah. What I was just saying to myself last night is, I'm like, man, something is missing. And I, when I, I sat on the side of the bed to pray, I realized it was peace. I ain't have enough time alone with him. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I spend that, that time with him to kind of understand what do I need to be doing for next year? Because yeah. that's kind of how I went about the process of last year. Right at the last two weeks of the year, I spent all the time with God. I was just just all God. I was just reading what I, what I felt like I needed to read, meditation. And then when it came out to this year, I mean, everything was on fire. Not to say that yeah. God is a genie. You got to kind of work some things. But I was declaring faith that me having this relationship and me having uh, me having this relationship, I'm better understanding him because I know what I'm about to walk out on for the next year, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to walk out mm-hmm. on faith, which <laughs> has been fruitful. So uh, I'm gonna take the next. I'm gonna take the same steps as last year, and maybe have a different conversation with me. Um, maybe our relationship gets stronger. But uh, yeah, I was sitting there last night, could not sleep, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, something ain't right." And it turned out, yeah, I haven't even been. I haven't. I've been reading my Bible because that's a part of my fast. 
Yeah. But I ain't been spending that intentional time with them because I've been focused on other things. So that's one. That's my faith of decoration. Amen. What about you? I am believing God for a answer and some things I've just been praying about. Yeah. And you know the thing about you, Hunter, is when I see you praying on some answers. I've been praying. You know what? God isn't always. One time, okay, quick story time before we end. One time I was, I was no longer dating this guy. And he wanted to rekindle our relationship. And I said, you know what? This is my last ditch effort at figuring out what this is supposed to be. And I told him I wasn't going to talk to him for 40 days. And I said, I'm going to fast and see what God says. Do you know it was the 55th day? So my fast was over. And he came back to me on day 40 and said, so what did God say? And I was like, nothing. (laughs) He didn't say anything. So my answer as of right now was no. But on the 55th day, I was in Fufalest parking lot with my mom. And this man randomly walks up to me and says, the, the Lord has a word for you. Oh. He said, that guy that you think about getting back with, don't. And you don't even know I'm not. Guy. I've never met this man before a day in my life. He said a whole bunch of other stuff. I random. Was, random. Just this random guy. He said a, a lot. He said, we were sitting there. He didn't come out to rob you or nothing. No. He just wanted to give you a word. Yeah. Oh. He said, don't do it. And then he said, this was March 28th. 2020 is when this happened. I had just went and got my car um, right before I went on vacation, right before the world shut down. And he said, and another thing, you need to go home. Whenever you go back home, start packing your bags, start packing up your apartment So because you're getting ready to move and guys getting ready to move you. You know I never went back home <laughs> after, after the pandemic, but it wasn't until the 55th day. So it's it's a lot of things that sometimes God does not answer you right away. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to answer in my timing. And it may not be as dramatic because I feel like that was a really dramatic example. But I was literally like, God, what am I supposed to do about this person? And only for my fast to end and I still don't have an answer. And you wait two weeks later to give me an answer from this just random stranger in the parking lot that I've never met before. Man. So... I, keep praying and keep believing <laughs> that no, the Lord will answer your prayer. For sure, I I don't mean to piggyback because I know we <laughs> we got time later, but I I I have to uh, mention it to why I needed to spend that time with God mm-hmm. alone uh, and just focusing on Him and relationship. Because when I did it last year, I asked you same very similar. I said, "Hey, God, I just want to hear your voice." And who am I to be bold enough to ask God? I, I, I don't live a clean, perfect life. Who am I? Yeah. Um, but I was like, man, God, you ask me, I can ask you anything. I can talk to you. I can I can express myself to you in any type of way. And this is yeah. the faith that I have in my relationship with God. So it was the last two weeks of the year of uh, last year. And I sat up there and meditated every night waiting and when I mean meditate, I know somebody probably thinking some weird spiritual. No, no, like literally, I had scripture in my in my face, and I'm just repeating the same scripture over and over. And I'm just sitting on that scripture, whatever I feel called to read at that time, mm-hmm. and I'm letting that sit in my my spirit. 
uh, for for like maybe, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, two. Like, however long I feel like I need to hold on to that scripture for. And I did that for like two weeks. And I, and I said, God, I need to hear it by the end of the... Uh, it's crazy how we put time limits on God. Man, <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no point of it at all. I said, God, you know, I need to hear it before the new year because I mm-hmm. need to get ready. I need to know. Man, January 1st came up. No, January, no, December 31st came up, nothing. I said, that's the mm. end of it. I said, dang, you know, you know what, God? And I, and I prayed to him and I talked with him. I said, God, you know what? Thank you. Matter of fact, the process of even spending that time with you was so so much needed. I'm good mm. with that. Mm-hmm. Two days later, January 2nd, he, go, he comes up. I come up with this crazy dream. Say crazy because... I think we talked about it <laughs> that it was uh it was kind of outline how this year was gonna be, mm. mm-hmm. and I think it definitely did. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I I made sure to just kind of have it in my back pocket just to always remember it for the rest of the year. Like, what's this dream a part of? Yeah. My first time really stepping on faith within that year was I want to say like February twenty third or something like that. I'm sitting there, I'm talking, and I'm praying. And I just so happen to say, hey, God, I believe that you will, I need, at that time, I need a new job. I said, hey, God, I believe that a new job will happen by the end of March, Mm -hmm. March 31st. I said, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I ain't had no interviews. I didn't have any uh anybody reach out to me or nothing in between that time. April sixth, I had got an offer letter letter of mm. a j- job way better than I could um I expected of myself, which is a blessing. And but I was thinking about that and I was just like of course, it wasn't on my time, man, because mm-hmm. that, that March 31st date, he was like, throw that out the window. Yeah. I got something for you on April 5th, 6th, or whatever it was. And I was just my first time really stepping out on faith and declaring, like, no, God, I've had a relationship with you. Yeah. I'm, we stepping out on this one. So yeah. I'm kind of doing a very similar thing with with uh, this year. Uh, hopefully it works. If it does, <laughs> don't, <you> know, <laughs> we don't know what works even me. Um, but... Yeah, so I I definitely encourage people out here listening. First, build a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You you don't even need. One. I mean, to be honest, God is just loving and grateful. I mean, gracious. Uh, so have have no God. Mm-hmm. Step out on faith, and you'll be real surprised on what will happen. You'll be extremely surprised. Uh, but any last words as far as? the audience and uh, what they should follow and what they should look forward to for the next time we, we talk with them. Not for next time, but if you confess to your mouth, leave your heart. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Lord. God's raised from the dead. That shall be saved. So God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, until next time with Faith Declassified, we are out. So that was the prayer. Oh, I had to pray. Oh, you're right. You got to pray yourself. You're right. Okay. All right.
Dearly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to have this time to have great conversations and discussion sharing. We ask that you bless us, bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Allow them to come to the knowledge and truth about Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with you. Um, we pray that you just encourage someone today to step out in faith, step out in faith in the area of tech, step out in faith in the area of joining the church, joining the church home or even just getting closer to you, Lord. We thank you for the ability, the time, and the platform to praise your holy name and give you glory in an area many may not usually. And we just ask that you continue to be the limb under our feet. As your name, Jesus, we pray, and we honor you and give you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Amen. Amen.